0: Oh my gosh, it is such a fucking gorgeous day. I can't even believe it. It's like springtime. I'm sending sunny vibes your way if you live somewhere where it's cold. I just got off a Zoom doing a podcast recording with my dear friend, Simon Parsons. If you haven't already listened to his podcast, Mindset Hackers, go check it out on iTunes or Spotify. We just dropped some fucking truth bombs about imposter syndrome, overcoming limiting beliefs, and writing your own rules, which has a little sneak preview. I have a new book coming out on Tuesday. And guess what? My chapter's called Writing Your Own Rulebook.
1: What is up, Mindset hackers? Thank you so much for joining me here today. I have got my amazing mindset twinner, Hallie Avolio. We're gonna rock into a fun topic today. And uh, it's funny because I have been getting a lot of questions about imposter syndrome lately. And Hallie and I were just having a good conversation about blazing our own trails and kind of doing things the way we want to do and not based on the expectations of others. And while we're on that note, uh, there's a book that was written a while back ago, um, called The Five Regrets of the Dying that was written by a nurse who talks about, she spent a lot of time talking with patients who were on hospice care. They were on their last you know, month or two, and, they, and she would interview them for uh, over a decade, asking them about what their deepest regrets in life. And the number regret, one regret of the dying is, I wish I would have lived a life that was true to myself and not based on the expectations of others. Uh, so we're about three weeks in to January as we recorded this. And the last time that we jammed out together, we kind of talked about um, goals and goal setting and how people can get off track and how to uh, live in the the embodiment and the feeling of that. So this, this episode is going to kind of circle back on some of that, but this will be a fun one. We'll talk about blazing your own trail, about uh, releasing yourself from the expectations that others place on you. And of course, imposter syndrome. How's it going, Hallie?
0: What is up? I had to throw yeah. that out.
1: <laughs> what is up? What is
0: up? This is gonna be fun. Uh I love it. It's it's so it's so full circle. Um I wanna just I wanna just mention because this popped into my head and I thought, oh my gosh, this is so perfect, because we didn't really plan, you know, just for the audience listening, Simon and I didn't really plan ahead of time that this was gonna be the topic, but it was on both of our minds, both of our hearts, and we thought this is great. We know that this is going to add value. This is going to be something that's relevant and resonant with you listening. So we're excited to hear back from you. And the thing that's really cool, Simon, that just popped into my head, if you don't mind me sharing, my book is coming out on Tuesday. And do you remember the title of it? I don't. Well, that's okay. Because I'll tell you, the title is Feisty, it's all about feisty women blazing their own path. And my personal chapter is called Writing Your Own Rulebook. So that's perfect.
1: That's what I thought. Like I was it's thinking of the, the book and then the <laughs> chapter. I am so excited for that. I cannot wait to read what you wrote. Yay. And uh, the thing is, is I, I want you to pitch. Pitch whatever you want. Um, and I don't want you to ever say it's a shameless pitch because I think we should do more of that. I think we should be yeah. very comfortable with the things that we are working on and share those. So I love that you're doing that. Um, so what, tell me a little bit more about like, you know, imposter syndrome and what you've heard lately. Cause I know that I've had a lot of people asking me that lately and the way I kind of look at imposter syndrome. Well, before we go into that, tell tell me what you, how do you define imposter syndrome in the first place?
0: Well, you know, for me, imposter syndrome, and it's only a term that I think has gotten kind of like catchy in the last couple of years to call it imposter syndrome. But for me, what it is, is trying to show up in your life in a way that is not authentic to your heart and to your passion and to your purpose. And in so doing, you feel stuck, you feel thwarted, you feel frustrated, you feel like an imposter because you're trying to do something that is not true to who you are in your value set. And that that message of being true to your value set is essential to you know my personal life but also to the work that I do with my clients. I talk about core values all the time. And one of the practices that I started doing Several years ago, I actually adopted this practice from listening to a podcast that Brendan Burchard put out. And then I adopted it my own way because that's how I rule. That's how I operate, writing my own rules. Um, But Brendan Burchard talked about, you know, really being mindful of what are your core values and just thinking about them every single day. So I took it as what are my core values? What's the difference between just personal values and core values. And the way that I define it is your core values are the three to five primary values that all of your other values in life kind of tree up to. And the way that I keep those in the front of my mind is I write them down in my journal every single morning. So I'm a massive journaler. I love journaling. It just lights me up. And it's helped me manifest everything that I've manifested in my life, like via journaling. It's my number one practice for really connecting to self. But every single morning I write down my four core values. And by doing that, I'm reprogramming my subconscious mind, I'm creating a intention that I will be living within those guidelines with every single thing that I do throughout the day. And if I'm not in alignment with those core values, I instantly feel it. Like I'll feel it like a contraction in my body, like my shoulders roll forward, my stomach feels like someone punched me in the gut, and that's how I know that I'm suffering from imposter syndrome when I'm not in alignment with my core values and I'm trying to do something that just doesn't feel right. What about okay, I love
1: that. I, I think that's incredible because it's that's a very good description of it. Not in alignment with your core values. The way that, it, and I agree, I didn't really hear of uh, imposter syndrome until probably about 2019. Never right. really ever heard that term. But then um, the way it was described to me is the feeling of like when you're starting a new career or, you know, say you want to be a coach. And that's probably the context that I hear a lot of people talking about it because um, you know, I work closely with a lot of coaches. But th- it's this feeling of, you know, I'm a fraud or like what what are they going to think of me or what what if they find out? I don't you know, it's this feeling of being fake, but that kind of aligns exactly with what you're talking about um is you know you're not in alignment with your core values so you kind of feel like a, a fake i always kind of like i'm so glad you mentioned that cuz i was you know maybe i thought it was like in the skill set itself like i don't feel like i know my stuff i don't feel like i'm worthy of teaching this Who am I to be able, that's a common term I always hear is like, who am I? So that's kind of like how I uh, have, I've had imposter syndrome described to me. And fortunately, I don't really feel that too much. You know me, I just love leaning into things. And I know that I'm not a lot of areas. I'm not the absolute expert, but I also know that I can step into that. Because you go
0: full send, yeah. you're just like, I'm in it to win it, whatever that looks like. And and also one of the things I really admire about you, Simon, is that you're willing to put yourself out there and you're willing to fail. And of course, failing is not actually failing. It's always a learning or a growth opportunity, but you're willing to put yourself out there knowing that whatever the outcome is, I'm going to find success whatever way this goes.
1: Exactly. I I just I love like figuring it out along the way. And to me, I've just had so many examples where when I lean into that. It's, uh, it feels good. Like I'd rather have the feeling of leaning into that and stepping into the unknown rather than like shying away from that. Like I would always prefer getting uncomfortable and being proud of myself for being willing to take those steps rather than, than to hide behind it or shy away. But the way I've been describing this to, to people that uh, have talked with me about it is that it's it's okay to feel that way it's totally natural. It's because you're doing something, you're going into, at least from the skill perspective, maybe, you know, not what you're talking about with core values, but from a skill perspective, if you are becoming a coach and you don't have it all figured out and you get that imposter syndrome, I, I look at that as a good thing because it means that you're stretching yourself and you're going into some new directions. So I love getting that feeling and I love looking up, I love having mentors. I love seeing people who have done, um, you know, an incredible job at things ahead of me, but it doesn't scare me. It doesn't freak me out. And it doesn't make me feel like a fake. I just actually like really celebrate those people. I don't, I try not to judge them. I try to look and see what they're they've done and realize that I'm I'm on the same journey and that they were where I was at some point. And there's people behind me that are, you know, not as far on the journey that I can teach. And to me, it's more relatable to learn from somebody who's just, you know, a little bit further up the path rather than someone like you know tony robbins who i can't relate to anymore
0: right well and and the other thing about um you know about imposter syndrome is you know we get ourselves kind of caught in a in a flurry and we talk ourselves out of a lot of opportunities and we talk ourselves out of a lot of growth in the name of labels like imposter syndrome oh can't do that i'm feeling like a fraud i feel like an imposter i'm not going to do that it feels uncomfortable i don't want to be out of my comfort zone And one of the things I would invite, you know, this audience to really be mindful of is can you reframe that? Can you reframe this idea of being a fraud or being an imposter as trying something new when you, the reason I brought up core values is when you are cognizant of what your core values are and you really understand who you are at your core and you know what yourself is about, you understand your personal mission statement, your purpose right? And this takes work. This is not something we just all of a sudden know. We have to do a lot of reprogramming and we have to really understand who we are. But once you understand who you are, like you and I do, Simon, I think that's why we don't experience as much imposter syndrome. Or when it comes up, we can kind of, you know, identify it quickly and then work through it and say, okay, I see what's happening here. This is just a little bit of fear. There's a little bit of like fraud situation happening. And I understand that this is just me growing beyond what's familiar. And so I'm ready to take on that challenge. I'm ready to like dive in deep and push myself a little bit because I know on the other side of it, something really fantastic is coming to me.
1: Yeah. I love that. Here's another thing too, to realize is that the way I look at imposter syndrome is it's, it's just a form of a limiting belief. So yeah. like limiting beliefs have subcategories and imposter syndrome is just one way of describing that. Like it could be like negative self-talk, self-doubt, right? Fear of failure, fear of putting things out. So they, you know, there's just different ways that that can be described or different ways that can manifest. But a lot of times like those limiting beliefs, we've created those in our own heads or maybe there's been something in our past that have, has been, you know, made us feel not worthy. And then in our heads, we kind of build that up and then we create that. It's kind of like a learned limitation. And so I think that's just one thing to be aware of is, you know, a lot of times we'll have a voice and the voice has a different dialect or a different language. And imposter syndrome might show up as just a a version of a limiting belief, just like other people hear, you know, negative self-talk or I can't do this. It's just you know, it's so important. I think that the way to really get out of that is to first be aware of that. And like, when you hear that voice, be able to like step outside of it for a minute. Right. And I see you, I see that you're trying to keep me safe. And you and I have talked about this before is like not being angry or upset that we have the voice kind of stepping out of it and realizing it's there and being grateful for that, being grateful that we are willing to Put ourselves out there and and get out of our comfort zone. So overall, I, I, I'm comfortable with those limiting beliefs in the voice, and I see them as a good thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. When can you think of a recent example of or or a time in the last you know couple of years where imposter syndrome has kind of like snuck up on you and you thought, oh shit, I didn't realize <laughs> I didn't realize that that's what was happening, but now I see it. I
1: I don't. I don't know if I have really, I mean, I I hear it, but I don't feel it, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously in the coaching realm, my mentor and seeing what he's done, you know, he's got a wildly successful business. And it's, you know, when I see that, it doesn't freak me out. I do hear the voice and sometimes it tells me like, oh, you've got so much further to go, but it doesn't cripple me. And like, I just, I hear the voice and I identify it, but it it, it actually almost empowers Mm me. It makes me like, gain courage. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I and I know that like I my experience isn't the same as everybody, but I can't say that I, I feel imposter syndrome on a level where it is even a negative thing for me.
0: I, the one of the things that I noticed with my clients and you probably noticed this too is that, you know, due to imposter syndrome or even if somebody doesn't have the vocabulary to identify it in that way, um, but they're feeling insecure. They're feeling like a fraud, even if they can't admit it to themselves, they can't articulate it out loud or internally, what it results in is lack of action. So they end up procrastinating, they end up doing everything, but they go around in circles, um, they become, you know, chronic, you know, I'm going to absorb all the information, I'm going to, you know, gather all the bits of of information that I need. I'm gonna read all the books. I'm gonna to listen to all the podcasts before I do anything. Like I have to know, no, 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 no. And, you know, to your point, it's great when you can learn from somebody that's just a little bit ahead of you. And whatever, you know, for anybody listening, whatever your business is, whatever your um, you know, professionally, even personally, whatever it is that you wanna do, you don't have to know everything. You just have to be motivated enough to want to take one step further, right, to to take that action step. And if you hold yourself back because of a limiting belief or negative self-talk or this idea that you're an imposter, then the only person that's losing is yourself. So I know that you and I, Simon, are huge action takers, right? We just go for it because why the hell not? But I mean, I see so many people that stop themselves and it's like if I have one message that I could share with this world. And if one person hears this message and it creates a ripple effect, that take action that feels in alignment with who you are at your core every single day, you will be the best version of you.
1: I agree. And I I think that that's what excites me is that you and I, that was one of our earliest connections is that we're both action takers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's just when I feel that feeling, I do it because I feel that it's not that I don't have those feelings. It's I do it because I'm feeling that voice, uh, and mine might be more like, oh, a slight worry of what people think of me. Sure. So not not um, not in the the voice wouldn't say that. Hey, you're not intelligent enough, or you don't have the skill set, or you're not experienced enough. But it's just like I can feel myself like when I'm stepping into something that there's a slight worry that people, you know, what is, what are people going to think of me? Right. And you and I talked about that in um, a previous episode, when we were talking about not to give a fuck what people think. Right. And my solution to that is to, you know, when I feel that to get more vocal about it. Right. So I think that, you know, there's some similarities and some tie-ins, but it's like, usually when I see someone that's far further ahead of me, like one of my affirmations that I shared is if they can do it, so can I, another one is I can figure this out. So for me, those two affirmations that I use kind of help combat imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. they cause me to start thinking instead of like my deficiencies of like what it is that that person knows that I can learn from them. How do I get closer to them? How do I build a relationship with them right. instead of like, they're so high and mighty and they're so far above me and making me smaller, you know?
0: Right. Well, and, and the other, um, the other piece, that I think is important, you know, imposter syndrome is very closely connected to confidence. And you know, when we don't feel confident, then we have a much harder time showing up in a bigger way. And we've been told a lot of times, a lot of stories that, you know, if we take kind of the rogue path, that we're not going to make it. We got to follow everybody else's predetermined way of doing things. And I call bullshit on that. Like. I mean, clearly this is like my energy is around doing things the way that I want to do them. And I've, I've struggled with this. It's interesting. So I I will give a plug for my book Feisty because I want people to read my chapter. And one of the things that I talk about in this, this story is this internal struggle that I've had most of my life where I felt conflicted because on one hand I had to live this life that felt like it was predetermined for me. I was meant to be a certain person and when I acted more in alignment with my true self, it manifested in negative behavior and rebellious behavior and hurtful behavior, either hurtful for others or hurtful for myself. And so then it turned into a lot of like self-sabotage because I didn't know how to reconcile the two things. So if I wasn't if I wasn't following the path that I thought I was supposed to follow, i would swing too far the other way and completely self-destruct and so finally when i you know got my head on straight and learned that i can in fact do things my own way and be successful it was so empowering because i i had to come to terms with i am you know there is nobody in this world like me right there is nobody in this world like you simon there's nobody in this world like any of us but when we own our shit and we own who we are, and we are comfortable being our most true self, then we do live in our purpose. We do feel good, we do feel joy. We do feel like we're living our best life. But that took me you know, almost 40 years to figure that out. And it you know it's it's been a journey.
1: I can imagine it I think that that is something that so many people suffer with too is um, like, like I said, in the intro, um, living a life based on the expectations of others. And when I hear that, I think about um, parents wanting their kids to go to school or to be a doctor or a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And what you mentioned is like, you know, took 40 years to start finding yourself. And that is so interesting because I often feel like people's level of emotional suffering. It often is because they're so far of alignment of like that kid inside of them. Right. Some, whether it's society or your parents or your friends, your colleagues, uh, and it pushes you away from that person that you were meant to be in the beginning. And the further that goes, the more out of, and a lot of people have like this arc and they start coming back to it, like maybe in their thirties, maybe in their forties. And I remember for me, it, I think I did the same thing. I kind of rebelled against it. For me, it was like school was the big thing. Like Mm -hmm. you need to go to school. I don't think I got pressure to be in a certain type of a job or career, but I definitely got a lot of uh, of a push to go to, to school. And I felt like there was something wrong with me, that because I didn't like school. Right. And I think that weighed me down too. And maybe that that showed up in a way where I felt like I wasn't enough. What's so, so funny is like right now, I really identify with the part of me that doesn't really care about school or degrees or certifications. And I've come full circle. I feel so confident because I feel like there's other types of intelligences. But people, a lot of people, they go down their this path for so long and don't realize that it wasn't even their own path in the first place. So, how do people recognize that? What what experiences have you had with some of the people that you've coached? As far have you had any clients that have where you've been able to spot that out from them, or do they usually pick it up pick up on it themselves?
0: No, usually that's why they hire me because <laughs> they realize that something's off, but they don't know what it is. I would say that one of my biggest gifts um, that I just have, you know, innately is being able to see people. For who they truly are in any given moment, and reflect that back to them in a way that like they can finally comprehend. Because that's that's one of the biggest challenges when you are not self-aware, when you are just beginning this journey of self-realization, self-acceptance, et cetera. When you look in the mirror, you don't know what you're looking at, you don't know who you're looking at. So a huge part of the work that I do is helping my clients answer the three critical questions, which is. Which are who am I, what do I want, and what is my purpose? And when you can identify the answers to those questions, then you don't have imposter syndrome. Like it doesn't even it doesn't even show up. Um, a lot of times, what I witness for my clients is they struggle finding success in their life, whether it's in their love relationships, whether it's in their professional career, whether it's in their financial standing. And they can't see where they have had success along the way because they're constantly comparing themselves to other people, right? They're constantly comparing themselves to the expectations that have been put on them from, you know, a variety, whether it's familial or whether it's friends or whether it's society or whatever the the case may be. And I always bring them back to how do we get what you want, what you want for you, regardless of the external, expectations. And I know one of the things that I love talking about, which you always like to talk about this with me as well, Simon, is affirmations. And there's a really great book, it's like a super simple read. I think it came out in 1908 if I remember correctly, but it's it's about the law of attraction and it's a, by an author named William Walker Atkinson. And super fun. It's like it's kitschy and it's it's great. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. You can grab it on Kindle for like $1.99 or something. But one of the biggest takeaways I have from that book is this affirmation that I have sitting on my desk and I look at it every single day and I tell my clients this all the time is, I am asserting the mastery of my real self.
1: Mm, And I am
0: asserting the mastery of my real self reminds us and brings us back to who we are at our core so that we're not Trying to do things the way that everybody else thinks we should do things, tells us we should do things. We just are in our own life because we are the masters of our real self.
1: I love that. And here's that one means a lot to me too, because there's something that we've been saying in my mastermind group. Actually, this was probably six months ago, but we were really focusing on mastery over achievement. That was kind of the theme. And that. when I think of mastery over achievement, I think of like embracing the journey of learning and becoming the person, becoming the embodiment, Ooh, right? Because yes. we, we, we start yes. thinking about the outcome. Like I want to be this or this or this and have, you know, be, do, have, have the things that that person would have without being that person. And, mm-hmm. and part of that is the journey. Like if, I I wish I would have understood how valuable it is to embrace the journey, the process, the pain and like really be present to that and when i was younger i didn't but now i do that so much and i think that's one of the things that i love talking about lately is the mastery the be- yeah you know we never really are going to master anything but we can embrace that journey along the way
0: but can we master our real self what do you think of that
1: i don't know i mean i think that we we're always evolving
0: yeah I think
1: I I I guess I guess the answer the I I don't know if I can answer that correctly. Well, there isn't really a correct answer to that. But that's exactly it. Like, what is mastery? Yeah, you would think you know, like the most experienced like thought leaders in any realm will never call themselves a master.
0: Okay, but here's right. But
1: they realize they're always on this journey.
0: We're always on a journey. But if you can master being your real self as opposed to being your fake imposter. Oh, absolutely. Less than self. Right. Mm -hmm. And truly the only person that can master self is self in evolution. Right. I mean, I know I can go down some crazy existential rabbit holes with this one, but, um, you know, it gets kind of fun to think about it. And so for me, I always like dive in deeper, like, Ooh, what can I uncover now? What can I peel back the onion on, on my own journey? Right. Like talking about the journey, you know, ooh, is that like firing me up? Am I getting pissed off about that? Why? Why am I pissed off? Or am I uncomfortable? Why am I uncomfortable? What did trigger is happening right now? What happened in my inner child world that I'm hurt right now and I need to address this, right? So for me, like the more that I can do this deep dive on becoming the master of my real self, then it's exciting.
1: Yeah, that that's so that's true. So I have a question for you. Yeah. I was in a discussion with somebody who wanted to start coaching and um, you know, for me, it's like, I'm inside of the jar. And if someone doesn't agree with what I do, or if they think I'm, you know, if they give me shit about it or whatever, like, I really don't care. It just almost excites me because I'm just like, I don't give a fuck.
0: You're like, bring it on. But
1: I know that's not, (laughs) yeah. I mean, that's not where everybody's at. And you know, say someone wanted to start coaching and they had a spouse who, you know, or, or a former spouse that was snickering at them or get, you know, making fun of it or judging them when this person is just, they're dealing with imposter syndrome or the insecurities of, of doing something new in the first place. And they get totally derailed by that. How would you coach somebody like that? What would, what would you say would be a good way to Combat that because I I know my answer probably doesn't help too much because I'm just like why would you give a shit what that person thinks anyways they obviously are you know expressing something that's an insecurity in themselves right? But that's just how I process it so what would you say to a you know a client that had that same problem they're wanting well, to step into a new space and they're getting judged by someone that used to be close to them
0: right well I think that's that's an important question I think what you bring up though is really important right so then you have to. The first thing is the, the person has to evaluate how critical is this person's acceptance for my success? You know, does it does it matter? Now, if it's your spouse and in order for you to continue and have a harmonious relationship, you know, living together, et cetera, like if this is going to be a dividing point, then you probably need to look into some counseling because there's bigger issues at play is my guess, right? But if, you know, so that's number one. It depends how close this person is to you. But ultimately, we have to live our own life, regardless of if you're married or in a committed relationship. We have to live our own life for us. Now, if we are are in a committed relationship with someone else, then hopefully we're on the same page where there's enough mutual respect and understanding and support of the other person that even if they don't totally understand a passion of yours or an interest of yours or why you're pursuing a new business or something like that you can have enough communication that that person can get on board with you, right? That that person can, can support you and cheer you on even if they don't totally understand it. But that's more of a relationship question. But certainly if you are, as an individual, hesitant to take action or do something that lights you up because of judgment of others, then you really need to do some deep work on you and heal that part of you within that's worried about being judged because you're never going to be satisfied if you're, Oh, look, there's always going to be people that judge you always. And, and there's going to be people that fall away. I mean, you can probably relate to this. I'm like, how many people have you had fall away since you've decided to be serious about mindfulness?
1: I think that I, I don't even notice it though. That's the, that's why, I guess that's why I was kind of asking you that question. Cause I, I just wonder if I'm like it. in outer space, the way that I view things. Cause so the, the first thing I would say is like, well, okay. If someone's judging me and I'm feeling, if that's hurting me, then that's, there's a reason for that. It's there to teach me something going back to your mastery and your soul right. searching. But then also there's like, well, why would I even care? And then also like, I don't hear it, the noise. And if I did then it would almost like encourage me. I just, but, I, and I don't know if that's just like, I think that's, that's so a little unique unrelatable for most people. Well, Is I think that,
0: that's, I think that's such a beautiful quality within you. And I think that that's very evolved um, and I think it's it's a reflection of how confident you are and of a reflection of the the deep work that you do on yourself. But I mean, I will tell you from my experience, when I began my, you know, personal development journey and, you know kind of getting a little bit out there with some spirituality stuff, oh, for sure, I've had people fall away. Like I've had, um, I wrote I did a post about this on Facebook a couple months ago. There was a girlfriend of mine who claimed to be my best friend. And she basically couldn't handle it. And she ghosted me. I mean, she literally went from texting me multiple times a day to zero contact. Couldn't handle it. And it was very painful for me. And I felt totally judged, right? Mm -hmm. And I had to realize that whatever judgment she held had nothing to do with me. It had 100% to do with her, right? Her judgments are based on her whatever, whatever her internal programming is. And I'm not judging that. I'm just saying that that's why it happened. But I had to become comfortable enough with myself to again, assert the master of my real self that, you know what, this is who I am. If somebody doesn't relate to me, that's okay. They're not meant to be with me at this particular season of my life and that's okay. But sometimes finding that um, acceptance is challenging. And I mean I've had a lot of relationships fall away over the last 3 or 4 years where I've had to make peace with it but at the same time I've I've acquired so many amazing amazing beautiful aligned relationships like look at our relationship. It's,
1: yes, that's it's that's amazing. exactly what I wanted to hit on is So that, I
0: I had to make space yes. like it, it was the natural progression it had to happen. Doesn't mean it's not painful but it had to happen.
1: Right. I think that that you nailed it right there is we all change in life and whether it's we don't yeah that's true (laughs) if you get more spiritual though and like people start to fall away from you that's creating room for somebody else right and i guess i'm always seeing like who is coming into my life and not focused on who maybe fall and maybe i fell away from some people but it's interesting because a lot of times I, i i hear you know the rally cry of like you know i'm not getting support so i'm gonna like crush this you know, so I can show them, right. and I don't have those feelings because I just don't even notice. It's like, hmm, is anybody judging me? Probably, I don't know, but like they but just you don't give fall- a fuck. Yeah, I don't <laughs> give a fuck, and they just kind of <laughs> fall off the back end. And I get, you know, the people I bring in because you're vibrating on a different level. Exactly, you just start building this robust community of people who will support you. So I guess my head is always focused on like all the amazing relationships that are seen to be just growing, and I. I'm sure there's ones that, you know, I don't know, it's just I don't even notice it or care. Great. <laughs> I love that.
0: I I mean, I think that that's awesome. That's like one of my favorite things about you is that you just like are are like in your in your groove. You're like in your vibration and you're like, "Boom, this is who I am. Take it or leave it." And
1: well, awesome. and this kind of goes circling back to what we said in the beginning, like blazing our own trails. Let's dive into that really quick cuz Yeah. You know, we've we've talked about imposter syndrome, right? We've talked about like not living our life based on the expectations of others. But now tell me, you said, you brought that up in the first place when we were chatting before this, but tell me like, what are your recent thoughts about blazing your own trails? And I I, I like this too, because circling into like the industry that we're in, in coaching and doing things your own way and not because this is how everybody else is doing it. Like what's Hallie's way of doing things?
0: And, and honestly, I'm still figuring it out because sometimes you know, look, I spent a lot of time in life, I said about 40 years probably, listening to all this external noise, right? And, and sometimes it's sound advice, but a lot of times it wasn't. So I had to do a lot of reprogramming to start listening to my own guidance, right? My own North Star. And even writing this book, um, I wrote a post about this the other day that I wasn't sure that I wanted to do it initially because I thought I had too many things going on. It didn't kind of fit in with this prescribed agenda that I had set for myself, but it really called to me in my heart. And when I answered my heart's call, it was one of the most powerful and empowering opportunities and experiences that I've had in the last couple of years. So I'm grateful. But for me, it's like I have to do stuff that's in alignment with how I want to do stuff. And even like the way that I dress or the way that I post on Instagram. Like When I first started my business, for example, I followed all these like... Influencers like Jenna Kutcher, for example. And I love Jenna Kutcher. I'm not dissing Jenna Kutcher, but like Jenna Kutcher and Jasmine Starr, those were kind of the two that I was like obsessed with. And they talked about, you know, you have to have this beautifully curated Instagram feed. And I was like, okay. So I like tried to make like a grid and make it all beautiful and whatever, whatever. Oh my God, it was painful. It was painful for me because it was not like who I really am. I'm a little bit more like fly by the seat of my pants. I just like to do stuff as it comes to me. I like to be in my intuitive space, right? Like that's where I thrive. And when I was forcing it, it felt shitty. And then as soon as I was just like, fuck that, I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. I'm not saying that I necessarily got more followers, but I felt better about what I was producing, how I was showing up. And it was true to me, right? So just be true well, to how you. How do you,
1: what, what, <laughs> I, I have an idea of what you'll say. and And I'm thinking that like, if I was to ask you, How do you tell like, you know, what is blazing your own trail? Like what is in alignment? And when I was younger, I used to always hear, this is so fascinating, but I used to always hear people talk about, well, go with your gut. And I I just thought that was a saying. And I had, this is far before I understood that your gut actually has so many neurons that it's like your second brain They call it your second brain. And I didn't really have a good gut feeling on things, or maybe I wasn't listening to it or didn't understand it. But now, like for me, like it's it's pretty simple. I just I go with my gut. Like I f- feel it in my body. Like it it literally feels right. Like you know, people talk about going with the feeling. I never realized there was so much truth to that. So for you, you're you know, you're following Jenna Kutcher and you know, you make sure everything in the back looks all pretty. Make sure everything's like looking nice. And then you have the grid, and you're just like, what the fuck, this doesn't really feel good. Well, how do you know that you're that's not in alignment with you?
0: Okay, is this it a feeling like, too. Yes, totally a feeling. So it's all about embodiment, and this is my favorite. Um, this is my favorite exercise. I love talking about this. So I'm going to give this to everybody listening. My friend Jamie taught me this, and it's just so good. Like when you're confronted with a, a decision, any sort of decision, right? Or if you're, you know, feeling like if you're questioning something, so ask yourself the question, and then don't think about it, but notice how your body reacts. Is it a uh-huh, nodding your head up and down, or is it a uh-uh? shaking your head back and forth. Does your body open and expand? As in, yes, I feel good. Like your shoulders open up, your belly opens up, or is it a contraction? Like, oh no, so your shoulders go inward and you feel everything kind of go into a knot like in your belly, right? So it's all about embodiment. So you ask yourself the question and you just see what is the answer? Is it a uh-huh or is it a an uh-uh? And whatever the, literally the gut reaction is, the instantaneous response, that's that's the one.
1: I love that. By the way, on the last episode, you did, um, what was it? The uh, put an affirmation on your phone three times yeah. a day. Yep. People love that.
0: Yay!
1: And it was funny because- That we, makes it, me so happy. Yeah, that was such a great uh, nugget. So I want you to think of like one or two things that we can give people in this topic as well. I'm going to share one of my own. It's been kind of fun because I have you share one. Yeah. And then I'll share one okay, and then let's you share do it. another. Uh, but I wanted to let you know about that. And then um, we, in one of my coaching groups, I was- uh, Helping people build some structure on their goals, and um, one thing I love to talk about is visibility. You know, having it on your vision board or your lock screen, or like you said with the uh, phone. And someone said that turn your um, your uh, password on your computer into an affirmation or a goal. Yeah, I thought that was really cool because you're that actually really typing cool. it out. Yeah, let's say that there's someone here listening. And they're just like, they're feeling that imposter syndrome, that feeling like I'm a fraud, I'm a fake. And that could be from a skills perspective, or it could be from just being out, out, out of alignment of the core. Okay. I'm going to ask you to give a tip and then I will give one, and then you follow it up with one and we'll close it out.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I'm, I'm going to start with you got to find you got to get real with yourself number 1 we've already talked about this so you got to find out is the thing that you're feeling an imposter syndrome about because it's not in alignment with your core values. So, how do you do that? You have to know what your core values are. So, I have a longer exercise on this, but I'll just give you a quick one. If you go to the website, if you Google James Clear core values, James Clear core values, there is a great list of core values. There's 50 of them on there. Just go through the list and pick out the top three to five that really jump out at you, that really are just like, fuck yes, these are my core values. And I want you to start writing them down every single day. You can put them on your phone, you can put them on a post-it, you can write them in your journal, whatever. I don't care where you write them. You can write them on your work notebook, whatever. Write them down every single day and make sure that whatever it is where you're feeling that imposter syndrome, ask yourself the question, am I feeling that way because it's out of alignment with my core values?
1: I love that, and I do remember you bringing when we had our jam session on that. Yeah. You brought it up. Yeah, I am so glad you said that because I'm I want to revisit that. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay, here's my tip on how to deal with imposter syndrome: is stop being selfish. Okay, so what I mean by that?
0: Yeah, expand expand on that, Simon.
1: Stop being selfish because you all have so many gifts, so many talents. You have you are blazing a trail that somebody has not been on before you are on a journey you may not be all the way through with that journey you might be just in the beginning stage but there's someone who isn't as far as, as you and you need to share with them and help them and if you don't if you make it all about you which is that's kind of what imposter syndrome is, like it's the ego it's the like yeah. you're worrying about what people think about you Kate, you're making about you instead of somebody that you could help. So my tip would be when you feel that, like realize that there are people out there that legitimately be helped by your knowledge, even if you're just a few steps. So my friends, stop being selfish. S- step out of yourself for a minute and realize that there is somebody else that could use your help. And I know for me, that's a powerful one because... I love doing things for other people and it makes a shift, right? It really does get the focus off yourself. So by helping them, you're kind of helping yourself as well. So that's my tip.
0: That's awesome. And you could also look at it from be of service. Yep. Right. That wording might work too. It's helping
1: people feel so good. Being of, Absolutely. There's, I always say this to people, like, does it ever not feel good to help somebody else out?
0: It no. doesn't. So why no. don't we do it more? Right. Simple. Exactly.
1: And you'll get out of your own way and then you will be focusing on yourself when it comes to imposter syndrome.
0: Exactly, okay. So I was thinking about, okay, put me on the spot here. What's one more quick, easy tip that you can do to just get out of your own way with this idea of imposter syndrome and lacking confidence and negative self-talk. So I want you to start getting used to taking care of yourself. So I'm gonna kind of say the opposite of what Simon said. And I'm gonna say, be selfish every single day. I want you to do one thing for you, just for you. That no one else, you don't give a fuck about what anyone else says, you do it for you. And it could be something super simple like, I'm going to take a break at noon and I'm just gonna have a little dance party and put on a couple songs and dance my ass off. It could be something simple like, I am going to choose what I'm eating for what the family meal is for dinner because I want it and that's what we're gonna have for dinner. Or it could be something like, you know, I'm going to get up at the time that I want to get up at in the morning because it nourishes me and suits me. So just pick one simple thing that you can do every single day that nourishes you and asserts the mastery of your real self without worrying that someone else is going to judge you or have an expectation of you. You're doing it just for you.
1: I love it. That goes really well with mine. And even though they are opposite, they don't conflict with each other. You can do both. So just to sum it up, my friends, um, Number one tip is to, uh, find the James clear list of core values, pick out three or four values that resonate with you and start journaling on those every single day. Tip number two is to realize that you have skills, you have talents, you have gifts, you have a path that is further than somebody else. And so don't be selfish with that give by helping somebody else. And then the third tip is give yourself some self-love, some self-care and, Serve yourself as well
0: every single day.
1: Yep, (laughs) okay, we got that dialed. All right, my friends, please hit the subscribe button, drop me a five star rating. It will only take you a second to do that. And please share this with somebody who could use this. There's somebody out there that could really benefit from this information, so please send this over to them and tune in again because Hallie and I will be making this a regular thing. We have this is our third one together. And we're going to keep um, putting these out and uh, we're going to have some fun topics for you. So thank you so much. I will catch you on the next episode.
0: Bye.